28 minutes or less podcast with S. Foster. your boy S. Foster back for another episode of 28 Minutes or Less. And this is episode 76 of the podcast. I appreciate everyone for coming back. Or if you're a first time listener, listening to the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, I appreciate it. So look, I'm gonna get right into it. So the subject matter I have today is Euphoria Season 2. So so much to cover obviously i'm not going to be able to cover the whole thing but i'm going to cover a lot of the key points and i'm going to break down you know pretty much the people that i feel need to be broken down as far as the characters um but also i have to begin of how i even came about even watching the first season so first of all i was late getting to euphoria like it came out in 2019 i did not watch it I didn't really watch Euphoria till like a year later. And it was it was it was a show that was very hyped. And usually when a show is, is hyped the way that that show was while it was running, a lot of the times I don't jump on that train. Anytime there's something that's like super hyped up, I don't jump on it. But me being a podcaster and being a, a avid podcast listener. I take in a lot of content, so I'm hearing a lot of different voices speak about Euphoria. So I finally broke down and I said, man, yo, I need to see what this is about. I've heard so much about it. It felt like I kind of watched it, but actually sitting down and putting in the time to watch the whole first season and to get into these characters, it's like, yo, now I see why this show was hyped the way that it is. And it also, when it comes to the content, like I'm not really sure exactly who the targeted demographic is like the demographic for the show has to be a wide range but at the same time i don't know who is targeting that is the one thing about this show that really stands out to me is the fact that sometimes you can see in a show what audience they're trying to pull in and I do think that they are trying to pull in high school kids, but at the same time, it's like, you have to be a very mature high school kid. And then when it comes to the parents, it's, it's kind of a, it could be a tough watch for some parents, for the simple fact, especially if you have a, uh, a girl daughter. And to see some of the things that they go through as far as popularity when it comes to liking a boy when it comes to a boy running games on the like is but then like I haven't even gotten into the drug factor yet when it comes to root and so a couple of months ago there was a whole thing about dare coming out which I didn't even know dare was even still a thing um you know the last time I heard about dare is when I was like in elementary school and when uh, Nancy Reagan used to talk about don't do drugs, like I haven't heard about Dare in a very long time. But they came out during season two and said that that they feel that the content for the show, um, they, they, they was pretty much bashing the show for the drug usage. And I thought it was very ironic when, when they came out killing the show about the drug usage and then the next episode that ended up coming out which I believe if I'm not mistaken was episode 4 and it was the episode about Rue and her mom and how she was breaking down the door for her sister's room um, when the whole thing about Elliot 
and um, Jules sold her out by her not being clean. And to to now, first of all, she deserves an Emmy just for that episode alone, um, because she turned into just a complete psycho. And then we seen Miles Morales, like it was it was one of the wildest things ever. And it's like, okay, so the show was showing you the what some people would say the upside of using drugs, but then at the same time. It showed you that downside, and it's like, yo, like, like, what are you trying to see? That's just like when it comes to drug dealers, which I speak about a lot on this podcast. It's like, yeah, they show you the highs, they show you all of the great things, but then they show you those downfalls, where it never really ends well for most of the people. Not even, well, yeah, most of the people, probably about ninety-five percent of them, don't end well. And I felt that that's what that episode ended up showing. It's like, yeah, like you show the drug usage, you show her zoned out and how she would do anything to get the drugs. But it's like once she can't get her hands on it, the way that she was acting out, it's like, yo, do you want to go through what she's going through at this moment because she don't have any drugs? So that's one of the things that I felt that that played out on screen that was it was it was very traumatic but it was needed and it was like i don't know if the whole dare thing was even planned or what but it was just like okay dare y'all spoke too soon i even said that on the viewers anonymous like y'all spoke way too soon um to speak on how this show was they tried to make it seem like the show was uplifting drug usage which i don't think that that's what this show ever had in mind I don't think that's what their intentions was so when it comes to season two because look this is the first time I did this I, I didn't do season one um I was late like I said earlier in the podcast that I didn't watch it till like a year later and I watched it I was amazed I was like wow like this show is really good and so then long awaits the second season finally comes out three years later and it was it was awesome and so the person that I'm going to start off with is I'm going to start off with Jules man so Jules is a very interesting character because she is a transgender and to to have a person transition at the age that she's is being you know 17 years old 17 18 years old and was well, she 17 because of the whole thing with Cal so I get into that later but like, so Jules ended up coming back because she left Rue. Um, she just took off. And at the time, Rue was clean. And when Jules left, she fell back off the wagon. So she ended up seeing Jules at the New Year's Day party. Um, and Jules was... Like in the first season, like how they met, how they even became a couple, how Jules was basically selling her body um, for cash. That's how she got caught up with Cal, and which was Nate's dad. So Jules was living like this whole different life, but she kind of changed her life for a root. And I think what Jews, I think what her intentions was, I think her intentions was good, but the way that she left Rue at the time, it was first of all, it was the worst timing ever to leave this girl. Like anytime there's a person who is strung out on drugs and then not knowing the significance of how much you mean to this person in their life especially when they are especially when they have a void that needs to be filled like she was using Jews to fill that void and Jews left so Jews come back thinking everything is sweet and Rue tried to like she tried to act like it didn't affect her but then it was kind of like yo 
they fell back being cool but also what happened look that new year's day party a lot of stuff happened that day like a lot of stuff happened that day when it comes to Rue meeting Elliot for the first time and then they ended up becoming really good friends after getting high with each other one time so also what happened at the party Fizz he ended up having a I would have to say a phenomenal conversation with Lexi which I get into Lexi later and then he ended up beating the shit out of Nate at the party also Cassie she ended up smashing Nate at the party then Maddie was fucking around with Nate trying to make him jealous and she ended up dancing with uh, <laughs> with Little Beach who popped up uh, had one little uh, guest appearance at the uh, at the party so a lot of stuff ended up happening at that party and New Year's Day ended up being a a very significant part of season two believe it or not like that that one day carried throughout the whole season because you ended up having friendships that was built you end up having friendships that was broken and you end up having just a whole bunch of shit just really happened in, in that day I mean first of all the first episode of season two was phenomenal it showed you the whole background of how Fizz became Fizz and how his brother Ashtray became Ashtray because Fizz mom well excuse me his grandmother was a straight up G and then she ended up I don't know if she had a stroke or whatever she ended up having but he ended up having to take over the business at a very young age so that was I mean I think it's very important to start especially the second season off with a bang so they started it off with a bang so Jules to get back on Jules Jules ended up not really liking Elliot because she felt that Elliot wanted to fuck Rue so there was like this little love triangle thing not you know going on and then later on we end up seeing Rue not Rue excuse me we end up seeing Jules and Elliot making out so they end up doing like this little secret thing behind Rue's back Rue never even looked at Elliot like that like she looked at Elliot as a great person to hang out with and he was a person to do drugs with that she trusted so she never looked at Elliot as a person that she would fuck but Elliot looked at her like he would fuck her but he kind of liked her friendship as well so but he also had this attraction to Jules so they had this whole little thing going on but then Jules and Elliot got so tight then they ended up seeing seeing the downfall of Rue because Rue ended up telling Jules that you know she started back doing drugs when she left so she hasn't been sober since she left and then she came back so that was the whole thing with Jules really um but Fizz like he what, what was great about him is you know he ended up whooping their ass at that party and The conversation that he had with Lexi, what was dope about that was because Lexi is a person who needs attention because there's a lot of shit going on in her life. So when Fizz sat down and started talking to her and actually showed interest and actually had a real conversation with her because she's always the person, Lexi's always that person that felt that she's in the background. Like she feels that no one ever notices her. So then there's this dude at this party who is showing her attention and it's like she don't really know if this dude is good or bad for her. But like it seemed like she kind of picked up on that bad boy image, especially when he beat the shit out of Nate. So that you would think that that would scare her away from him. But actually that conversation that they had in her eyes was so deep that 
you know, when they exchanged numbers, she's like, okay, so they ended up befriending each other from that party. And then, you know, he kind of, you know, gave her a couple of compliments, talking about how much he enjoyed talking to her. So that was that whole little thing there. But to look into his background, and that's another thing that's great about this show, is like they dedicate episodes to, to certain characters sometimes. And that's really dope because like, once you start getting the background of some of these people, they're easier to understand. So you understand how he ended up be becoming to sell dope is because the show started out, season two started out with his grandmother going into a strip club, shooting his dad while his dad was getting head, shot him in both his legs and was like, yo, you gonna stay with me for a while. And she wasn't the greatest terror uh, taker at all. Like she had this dude chopping up the coke, you know what I'm saying, with the blockbuster card, putting it in the baggies, telling him, you know, nobody's going to pack down a 10-year-old, so put him in your tidy whities and all this shit. So she's teaching him the whole game, and then she ended up getting this baby from a crackhead who just dropped the baby off for collateral because she's like, i pay you back later when I get the money, and she never came back to get the baby. And the baby ended up getting the name Ashtray because they had a baby in the tub. Well, not the tub, but they had it in the sink. And then it was Ashtray right there. He grabbed the cigarette out the Ashtray, put it in his mouth, and that's how they got the name Ashtray. So this kid, mom never came back to pick him up. And Fizz looked at him like a brother because he basically raised him from a couple of months because he wasn't even a year old yet. So that relationship that they have is a very protective relationship of how the way Ashtray looks up to him for the simple fact that that was the person that held him down from the jump so when you see how Ashtray reacts to anybody giving Fizz any problems like he goes zero to a hundred like real quick appreciate that Drake because it shows you why he's so quick to pull the trigger. He's a person, Ashtray is literally shoot first, ask questions later. Like, that's how protective he is of his older brother, even though it's not his blood brother. And I don't know if he ever explained to him that he wasn't his blood brother, but it doesn't matter because in our actuality, your brother can be a person that's not related to you. It's a person that take care of you as a person that believes in you like there's a whole lot of stuff that could go into somebody being your brother even if you're not blood related and with ashtray never going to school all he knows is the business like like fizz knows the business so when you see the very first thing that introduces season two of Ashtray, you can see how it ended in season two with Ashtray. And I think that when you spend so much time with the person being in the game that you're in and knowing that this person will ride for you at any time, but at the same time, Ashtray is a little overprotective to the point where Fizz would always have to clean up his mess. And that turned it out not to be a good thing for him. So I think that Fizz is a, is a great character, man. And, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go into Lexi. And, like, Lexi needed somebody like Fizz. She needed someone to show her attention. Because being the sister of Cassie, who is dealing with a whole bunch of issues that she's dealing with with insecurities and wanting to be loved and all of this type shit then when her when her dad got into that car accident because he's an alcoholic you know that made their mom an alcoholic so Lexi is being the 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 younger sister of the the, the hot chick um, not really being a part of the, the part of the crowd and then really the only friend that she had was Rue but then when Rue's dad died and then she got into drugs heavy then they didn't really have anything in common but also at the same time Rue was hanging out with people who 
who only could benefit her getting drugs. And Lexi didn't do that. So Lexi lost her best friend. You know what I'm saying? She lost her dad in a way. And then she lost her mom because her mom is drinking all the time. And then her sister is is always on the Maddie's ass. But then at the same time, she started fucking Nate. And so then like she is like, this girl is dick whipped over Nate. Like she is, is completely fucked up in the head. So when Lexi was having the conversations with my man Fizz, so she's like, yo, like this dude is really feeling me. And then you end up seeing them develop this friendship that was turning into a relationship. And I was feeling, and, and it's fucked up what ended up happening, which I get to later in the pod, but to see Lexi finally start to win, I was rooting for her. And then she came up with the whole idea to do this play. And she spoke with him about the play. And then she ended up watching movies that he was saying, yo, that's kind of like Little House on the Prairie. Well, show. And then she was like, I never seen Little House on the Prairie. Then she started watching Little House on the Prairie. And then she started to see, like, when they were sharing ideas about the play, then she started to see where he was coming from. So not only are they having with uh conversations but like they have an in-depth conversation she's like yo like we got some shit in common like even though this dude is is not you know he don't go to my school and he's really living a different life but at the same time we got these similarities that's kind of pulling us together and so she comes up with this play that she wanted to do and she's like yo what if i hurt people's feelings he's like yo sometimes people's feelings got to be hurt so lexi we really start to see her character shine in season two when in season one she was just always in the background she was always cassie's little sister she was rude friend but rue only really spoke to her when she needed something so Lexi was always in the background and the way she did the play, it was depictions of her life, of her being in the background and how she always observing things. So that ended up being really dope. So I appreciate how they gave Lexi, you know, some shine in the second season. Then when you look at somebody like Maddie, like Maddie, you know, we get her background as well. And it's like, Maddie is kind of, She wants that extravagant life. Like, you know, we they go into her being this babysitter for these people who pretty much got some bread and she started wearing, um, the lady that she worked for started wearing her clothes, going to her closet, wearing her clothes. That just happened to be the same size. Um, wearing her clothes and like, she didn't even know that this lady's watching her try on all of her shit. Like, and she's one of those girls who once you cross her she's done like she is completely done and with her and Cassie being friends and her toying around with Nate to the point of like the the, the one thing that that wasn't good about the way that Maddie thought was like so there was a scene where there was in the pool and it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Nate, Cassie, Maddie, and the one friend. What's the old girl name? Uh, Kat. It was all in, and then she's like, they, the question was asked, were they together? She was like, nah, like, like, we ain't together, but, you know, but he said, no, we're not really quick. And she was like, why are you going to say it like that? Like, how you know we ain't working on it? And he was like, well, you said, no, we ain't together. Yeah, but you said it really quick and it's just like okay like hold on wait a minute slow your roll it's like you say we ain't together but then when i say we ain't together or not trying to get back together you go off the deep end and it's just like so she expecting him to be wanting to get back in this relationship but then it was just like it, it, it was very confusing but at the same time it's very relatable because some of you some of the men that had to watch this scene is like yo <laughs> yeah I see what you're talking about because you know at some points 
be kind of indecisive of what you really want and especially being at that age you know being 17 16 18 year old kids it's like yo you can see how you could be indecisive but you know some people take that into adulthood but so maddie is very complicated to read because it's like nate is her first love but i think that there was different things that she wanted out of Nate that she wanted Nate to change before she would like completely commit but like she also don't want Nate to fuck around with nobody else so Maddie is kind of I mean just really indecisive like she's a really hard person to really to really fuck with um you know but when it comes to Cassie Cassie is probably most dudes worst nightmare like literally most dudes worst nightmare and this is what I mean by this first of all Cassie know she's a bad person but she also knows she's bad you know like they even pointed it out in a scene where where Lexi was like yo like why I didn't get you know titties like Cassie did and like Cassie knows she got big titties and she always showing them off and it's like, so she had the, the one boyfriend where he was sprung over her, like sprung over her. Like he ended up, but see, he was like a grade or two ahead of her. So, you know, he had ended up going to college. And so he had came back, but we didn't see him after the New Year's party. Um, Chris so we don't see Chris after the New Year's party because she basically broke up with him saying like yo I'm a bad person and she was saying that she was a bad person because she cheated on him but she also fucked Nate that same night so Cassie is she gets very overly dramatic when she don't get what she wants and then she fell for Nate so horrible but the thing about it is there's rules to this. At the end of the day, there are unwritten rules where no matter if y'all are, if the other person is broken up or whatever the case may be, if there's a person that you consider your best friend, you never fuck their ex. Whether they're not dating at that time or whether, like, it's always a code of like, yo, you go up to him like, yo, look, I know y'all broke up. He, you know, they trying to throw it at me. Like, how would you feel if I was to do it? Like, that's what a real friend does. A real friend is like, yo, listen, some stuff almost popped off. I was like, I didn't do it for the respect of you. How do you feel? She knew Maddie would say no because Maddie had Nate somewhere in the middle and Cassie didn't care nothing about that. She let the old dude smash him anyway. But this is the this is the reason why I say she's your worst nightmare. Because when she is bad as she is, but then at the same time, as crazy as she is, and know that she's crazy, and then told Nate that, I mean, she basically told him, yo, I'm your worst nightmare because I'm crazy and I know I'm crazy and I will act crazy. And like Nate was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I felt his frustration. Cause it's like, what do you do in that situation when you got a girl telling you she's fucking crazy? When she know how that is coming off. And it's like, so now Nate is like, what the fuck am I doing? But at the same time, he loved her that quick. Like Matt, even like Maddie, I think that. To, to Nate Maddie hit a ceiling but I felt that he felt that Cassie could take him to that next level as far as feelings but at the same time she's crazy as fuck but that is what he was attracted to was that craziness because we'll go to Nate because you look at what Nate going through in his life 
with him and his dad Kyle having this very terrible relationship and then Nate gets his hand on the 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 tape because his dad used to cheat on his mom and tape everything that he did he would go to these hotels and he knew that he had smashed Jules and Jules is underage and then his dad basically Kyle ended up admitting that he's gay he goes to this whole thing but he goes to this bar where when he was in high school he was in love with this dude and then the dude ended up leaving um I think he went to college it was college the military one of them I can't remember and so uh, he ended up leaving and so his dad Cal is going through all of these feelings of like yo like I'm tired of living a double life like I just I want to be gay like I don't I don't want to keep living this fake life and so Nate is dealing with the the fact the things of with his dad of him being gay and then him seeing these sex tapes of his dad having sex with other people and one of them being somebody underage and then also him having like these bad dreams of his dad having sex with him like so Nate is going through a whole bunch of shit and one thing that's crazy about this show you know like the way that he talked to his mom but then at the same time how this dude just basically moved Cassie in without asking for his mom permission and y'all motherfuckers in high school like yo ain't no way in hell man listen my mom is not letting me move no girl into the house in high school and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that feel the same way I feel where their parents is not gonna just let a 17, 18 year old boy move in a girl. You know what I'm saying? That you know that he's in the smashing. So, nah, that's no go. So, I think Nate is attracted to that craziness that that Cassie brings because his life is so chaotic, uh, chaotic of the things that he's going through and all the raw feelings and emotions that he go through dealing with his dad and watching his mom suffer through it knowing that the things that his dad doing behind you know everybody's back so i think that even though it's crazy i think that he's gotten so used to chaos that that chaos that cassie brought attracted him and I think that Maddie didn't bring that type of incitement to his life. So I think that's why he ended up being more attracted to Cassie and kind of left Matt, uh, Maddie alone because that just that just didn't really excite him anymore. And when it comes to Gia, Rue's sister, like First of all, like, they give her all the bad scenes. Like, she's crying all the time. Like, every scene she's crying. She should get an Emmy just for crying so much. So, she's going through the whole dynamic of being a little sister of the drug addict. Um, but at the same time, she also is dealing with the loss of her father, too. And that get overlooked. And then her mom... Leslie ended up having to make a choice because of the whole dinner with Ali. So when Ali came over and did the dinner, um, after Rue called him and apologized because she, you know, since she bugged out on him, you know, questioning his uh, parenting and basically just went off on dude because I mean she was high as fuck and you know she said a lot of things that she ended up apologizing for when she went off on Ali but Ali came over and really made Leslie and Gil see the light because he told Rue's mom like yo don't lose Gil like because Rue might be a lost cause and you don't want to lose two kids. And he was like, yeah, has the right to be upset with her because she lost her father too, but she's not doing the things that Rue was doing. And now, there are certain ways you can look at it. You can look at it like Rue's being weak. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but Gia 
is just dealing with it in a different way where she's not using drugs to forget it or to numb that pain or whatever the case may be but she has to deal with enduring more pain because her sister is is bringing sadness to her as well so it's like i have to deal with losing my father but at the same time i gotta deal with losing my sister and not knowing if my sister gonna end up dead somewhere because she can't stop doing these drugs so Gia is put in a very tough position because she's dealing with, you know what I'm saying, the same shit that she's dealing with, but she has to deal with an older sister who's giving her a bad example. And I think Ali made both of them see the light because they're like, yo, like, he was like, are you upset? And like, she kind of danced around. He was like, yo, you have the right to be upset and you should be upset because what your sister's putting you through, she's putting you through some bullshit. And that conversation with Ali, with Ali being her sponsor, that dinner table, that dinner scene was very, it was very important and it needed to happen. And that conversation that Leslie had with Ruth telling her like, yo, look, you do what the fuck you want to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn my attention to Gil because she needs more attention and it's better is as traumatic and as bluntly as it was being said I would rather lose one daughter than to lose two unfortunately it's the truth and it had to be said for Rude to get to get it like yo I'm done and I have to make sure that my other daughter don't get on drugs like you so that was a, a scene that needed to be done. Um, you know what I mean? Cat, cat is cat. You know, she ended up breaking up with Ethan for no reason. Ethan, Ethan was, Ethan has what I have in that thing of being the nice guy, and she wants more excitement, and he just don't bring what she wants because Cat is more attracted to the bad dudes who's gonna basically ended up treating her like shit and Ethan was just too good to her so she broke up with him for no reason and got mad because he spotted it and 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 tried to flip the whole thing on him he was like yo you ain't flipping this on me you know what I'm saying this was what you said so you know that's gonna you know that's gonna be what it is so Rue Rue is really every parent's nightmare as far as what she is doing with her life. Like we seen her go through a complete breakdown. Like I said earlier, we seen her turn into Miles Morales. You know what I'm saying? Scaling from buildings and all types of shit like that when she got into it with Lori she ended up getting $10,000 worth of drugs from Lori and smoked it and popped it and everything when she had no intention she goes to her saying that she could sell these drugs she had no intentions on selling the drugs she just knew that she couldn't go to Fizz anymore and that relationship that she had with him was a strange one because he used to take her to drug deals with him and like he, even though he was giving her drugs, he always looked out for her. Like he was enabling her, but at the same time, it was it was better for her to be enabled by him than be getting the drugs from someone that she don't know because you know the whole thing with this fentanyl stuff that's killing people. He would never give Ruth something that would harm her. And I think that he kind of looked at it like even though I'm giving her drugs, at least I know she's quote-unquote safe. Like, I know she's not going to OD off or anything that I give her. So, I think that that's how that relationship ended up being. But they was friends. So, he knew that he couldn't stop her, but he had to end up cutting Rue off. And then the whole scene of that one bad episode, like, when she was caught trying to steal pills from his grandma, he was like, yo, we done like we're done like he told her 
this is the last time like you i'm not i'm not fucking with you no more like you crossed the line by going into my grandma's room and trying to steal her pills so that's how low she got to where she really started fucking over her friends and then she ended up running in the she ended up having to go to lori and then basically tell lori she ain't got her money and she really couldn't get her money she ended up committing a robbery and she stole some some jewelry she stole some money out of a safe i don't even know how this person even i don't even know how rue even got into the safe and then they end up seeing her under the bed and then she jumped out of a window like rue was on some wild shit man she was off she was running from the cops she was jumping running on fences jumping off roofs like that was crazy but i think that but that episode was the one that's like why i said dare spoke too soon and so rue is going through a whole bunch of different traumatic shit there but then also they're giving you they're going back and forth from the funeral or not the funeral but the the wake when she was talking at her house about how she felt about her dad by her reading that letter about her dad and you could tell that her and her dad was really, really, really close. And so she ended up really, it's, it's hard to explain it because you don't want to excuse what she was doing just because she went through a traumatic death because Gia went through it. Gia went through it as well, but she lost her dad and but they was trying to seem like they was kind of explain why Rue was the way that she was and how she completely started using drugs to cope with the death of her dad. So Rue being the main character in this man, like I think she deserves the Emmy for what she was doing. So now let me get to the season finale. This season finale was one of the best season finales that I've seen. And it's really surrounded around the play. And first of all, where this school and Lexi got the budget for this play? Yo. I don't know how. I mean, look, they had spinning stages. They built Ruth's house. They built the store that that uh, Fizz worked at. Yo, they man the clothing budget yo this shit was wild i don't see how they got the budget for this but anyway so you got the whole play going on and they're going back and forth from showing the play and then showing what's really happening because what lexi is doing is she's taking memories and events that happened in her life where she was in the background and she's giving you images of her life and she used the characters of cassie mad maddie Rue, her mom, Nate, and Kat. So she's using all of them and she's using her, she's playing herself, but she got actors playing all of those other characters. And so they're going back and forth for the real event and the, they're playing it out in the play. But during the play, you got all of this shit going on with Cassie ended up flipping out she went on stage and acted a damn fool her mama had to go up there and try to save it and maddie came on stage she started whooping cassie's ass backstage and then down the halls like this play completely it was one of the wildest things to see because you would think that after seeing something like this like yo the play is over but they come back out and crushes it so you have the play going on but you also have the events with fizz fizz is telling lexi that he's on the way and he never shows and lexi don't know why he don't show she left the seat for him and he never showed up but then they're going back and forth to his place because come to find out uh, what's the dude name? Cluster? I think his name was Cluster. Uh, so he ended up getting 
he got scooped up by the cops because Ashtray ended up murdering a dude. And so he ended up putting a wire on and trying to get Fizz to fess up to it. And when it comes to Faye, Faye ended up being the real one because Faye ran into him outside and he told her that yo, I gotta wear a wire because I gotta get this dude locked up because the police got the drop on me. And if I get him to fess up to what you know he did or whatever or whatnot, then they'll let me go. And she's a real one because when he was trying to get him to talk about it, when when Cluster was trying to get Fizz to talk about it, she dropped her glass, and when she went to pick up her glass, she she mouthed to him, "Don't say nothing." So then he knew, oh shit, this dude got a wire on. And then Ashtray being Ashtray, he's observing. He see, he get the whole drift. He see what's going on too. Because then Faith end up saying, yo, what's the name killed him? Remember? He was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you remember? Oh, what's the name killed that person? And then he was like, what are you talking about? Like, I never said that. Nah, you're so, so she's being a real one trying to, you know, she, cause she knows that his phone is recording or at least is, you know, is a call being taken. Like it's just on. So she's trying to say that another person killed them. Ashtray being ashtray, zero to a hundred. Ashtray goes and stabbed the dude in the neck. All right, now we're going back and forth from the real events from the play, and then they're showing you the play. Then they're showing you the reaction of the people in the crowd. Then they're going back to Fizz's apartment, and now, you know, he's like, yo, they're coming. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the knife and I'm going to say, I killed him. You didn't have nothing to do with this. So while this is going on, Lexi's dealing with her mom and her sister. And they came on stage adding the food. Right. She's also having to stay in character. And she also is upset that Fizz didn't come because see they had a conversation before the night before the play and you can tell like Fizz is getting dressed up he got on a button up you know what I'm saying he basically got a suit on like he was suited and booted and I think that they I, I don't know if he was going to, to change his life which I doubt but <clears throat> I think that they was about to start to be a couple and her feelings were hurt by not seeing him there but she don't know what ended up happening so she's playing out all of these scenes of her past and you know the one scene with Rue was we reading the, the letter that she read to her dad and it was all on stage and they're showing you the real part and then they're showing you the play part and Rue kind of turned the page and she realized how much Lexi loved her but also missed her because when after that day the way that it seems to me after that day of Rue in that funeral well that wake that she ended up doing drugs right after that and she really didn't fuck with Lexi like she used to and I think what Lexi was trying to say was yo I want that Rue back and so while that's going on, the police bust in the door. Ashtray went into the bathroom. He, now he collected all the guns that he can get, went into the bathroom, got in the tub when the police bust in. And Fizz is banging on the door like, yo, come out. Y'all don't shoot. It's, it's a kid in there. Don't shoot. It's a kid in there. And then 
ashtray went the fuck off. But he started busting at the cops like a G. You hear me? He's shooting at the cops. And then the, the wildest part was in the midst of all of that, Fizz got shot like in the abdomen or some shit. And so he hit the ground. Cop goes, open up the door and see Ashtray land on the floor. And then he's like, yo, he's down. When he turned around and say he's down, my dude now leaned up with the shotgun. <laughs> Boom, busted that cop. And so then he didn't know, but then they had the laser scope. It went from his chest all the way up to his forehead. Shot Ashtray. So Ashtray done. They put Fizz into the handcuffs. And what we don't know. Now, there is a season three on the way. What we don't know is there's still still questions. All right. There's a lot of questions because while this is going on, before I get to that, Nate leaves the play. Because he don't like the way he's being depicted in the play. So he leaves the play. But he has this whole plan. He goes to his dad's warehouse. Where his dad is having a whole fucking orgy up in there. With four dudes and a chick. You know what I'm saying? They just having a whole fuck party up in there, yo. And he's living his best life at this point. Because he ain't got to keep faking it with his wife. Kyle is, is 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 doing the damn thing in there. So Nate pops up and he has a gun in in his pocket, and so he's having a conversation conversation with his with Kyle. And these dudes like this your son, like you gay as fucking here with us. Like I didn't know you had a son. So Kyle's like, yo, could we talk upstairs? And he's spilling Nate is spilling all the business in front of all these people. So Kyle end up asking those people to leave. And so they're having a conversation. And then he pulls the gun out. And so you're thinking like, yo, Nate is about to kill his dad. And it seems like it was a suicide mission. It seemed like he was going to kill his dad and he was going to kill himself. And then you start seeing those blue lights. One time is outside. So he's like, don't do this, Nate. And then he shows him a USB uh, port. Now, he gave Rue. Now, him and, him and Jews, not excuse me, not Rue, but Jews. Him and Jews have a scene together. Jews never like Nate. And so, he called Jules and said, yo, come outside. I got something for you. She comes out to the truck. And he gives her a DVD saying that this is the DVD of you and my dad because when you had sex with him in a hotel room he records everything that he do do and he don't tell you so he was like i'm giving it to you so you could do what you want to do with it so she destroys it and he made it seem like that was the only copy but he ended up putting it on the drive on a usb drive and he shows his dad the usb drive and then one time come in and takes his dad to jail and then he gives them that drive so it gives you a whole bunch of shit, but then also at the same time, Rue is walking down the hallway saying that Jules was my first love. And but at the same time, I was high the whole time. So then it's kind of like, okay, like it's just the end of Jules. Like, are y'all done? I don't think that this is the end of Jules for this for Euphoria for the simple fact of if they give he Nate gave drive to the police so they're going to go back and they're going to want to talk to Jews about her being on this tape because his dad is going to go to jail for having sex with a minor so Jews is not done with the show but Jews is now going to have to speak about something that she don't want to speak about also when Rue was going through her little apology tour you know she apologized to her sister she apologized to her mom she apologizes to Lexi, but she also told Lexi how she loved to play. Um, and she went to apologize to Elliot. And Elliot sung her a song. 
And it was one of those songs, like it, it, it was one of those scenes where, you know, it could make you drop a tear. And basically the song was was like how they was bad for each other. Basically. Like they it would re- be really hard for them to be friends because I don't think that Elliot wanted to stop doing drugs, but he knew that they couldn't hang out because he could entice her into wanting to do drugs because anytime there's a person who's trying to be sober, the worst thing for you is to be around another user. So I think that Nate, not excuse me, not Nate, Elliot was singing the song and after he was singing the song, he asked her Truth or Dare because earlier in the season, they was playing Truth or Dare, him, Jews, and Rue. So he asked her truth of there. She said truth. And he asked, could we be friends? Now, she never answered the question. But I think that it would be really tough for them to be friends because the way that they met, they met doing drugs. And every time they got together, they did drugs together. Even though they hit it off, it's kind of tough for them to be friends. So we don't really know what's going to happen to Elliot in the future when it comes to season three. I I think that the whole conversation that Maddie and Cassie had and Kat was in there as well in the bathroom. like the whole um, conversation that they was having in the bathroom. I mean, we know that Maddie is done. She is completely done with Cassie. So we don't really know, but at the same time, Cassie is done with Lexi, her sister, because of what that play did and how that play played out. So it's going to be interesting to see how that relationship is in season three because with Lexi and then the things that even that she even said to Lexi by saying like yo like you're a shadow basically like nobody really fuck with you and you're gonna sit here and play out everybody's life because you're insignificant type of shit so they they're going through a very rocky relationship as sisters so it's going to be interesting to see how they play that out in season 3 and also how Rue and Jules are going to interact with each other but at the same time is Rue really clean is she going to rehab like she told her mom that she would is Gia going to react differently to Rue like but the one of the biggest questions is because my man I don't know when it comes to my guy um Fizz like I don't he lost a lot of blood he lost a lot of blood he's the fan favorite so I don't think that he's gonna die but I think that I wonder if Lexi is going to ride for him. If he don't die, which I don't think he did, what I think he should do, I think he should tell the truth and say that his brother, his little brother was the one who did it. Now, at the same time, they could give him a lesser charge, but at the same time, like they, they could get him for the weapons that was in there. They could get him for the drugs that was in there. Like, I don't know how he's going to skate out of this. And the question is, like, is is it going to be a situation where he don't get a lot of time? Is it a way that he's going to be able to, you know, slither out of this? And is Lexi going to stay by his side? Like, that's going to be interesting to see in season three as well. Um, for what Euphoria is, it's a really great show. Um, I see why it gets the buzz that it's getting. Um, the character, the character development 
in this show is phenomenal. I love how Rue is narrating it. The music in this show is top notch. Like the shows that have the best music selections are both HBO shows and it's Euphoria and it's Insecure. Like the music selections that they use are great. And how Rue narrates the character development thing when they're when they're talking about a person. I think that that's dope how they do that, man. This is just really a good show, man. Like it really is. I'm definitely gonna be looking out for season three. I am a fan of this show. I know the drug usage. Um some people see it as a problem. I see it as a reality because there's a lot of drugs being used. I was about to say in this country, but in the world. Like, there's a lot of drugs being used out here. It's a huge problem, man. Like, you know, there was a show that I watched on Hulu called Dope Sick. And they was talking about the whole opioid epidemic. And how that was handled with the FDA and, like, pharmaceutical companies and, and pharmacies and all that type shit. So... There is a drug problem, and it's also an illegal drug problem. And there was something else I wanted to mention, and it's just slipped my mind. But yeah, this show is is really dope. I think that most of the people that's listening to this probably seen the show, but there may be some that haven't seen the show. I think everyone should give it give it a shot it's 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 really really good material and like i said earlier in the pod i think the demographic can really be all over the place i think that parents teenagers uh people in their 20s 30s i think it ended up being able to be related relatable to everyone so i would suggest everyone to check this show out so that's all I got for uh, the show of Euphoria. And I would really love for y'all to leave me a review. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's on Apple Podcasts, you can do it on Spotify. I would really appreciate that. You can follow me on the socials at s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter. Also, you can follow the t- at 28 Minutes or Less Pod on IG. I got to shout out my guys, man. First of all, shout out to Casey, man. That's the music y'all hear in the background. He's always helped the boy out. I appreciate everything that he does for the pod. He's part of the team. Shout out to my co-host of the Viewers Anonymous podcast, Scoots Brunson. I appreciate everything that he do and, and, you know, putting his career, you know, in my hands to be, uh, to have me be a co-host with him on the Viewers Anonymous podcast. Shout out to uh, E. Carter and Siege of the First Class Podcast and the C Podcast. Shout out to JD Oracle. You know what I'm saying? Go check check him out on the uh, Distinctive Drip Network and all the podcasts that he are doing. Um, you know, shout out to my former, my, uh, you know, I had uh, Brandon Foster. Shout out to my cousin. He was on the last episode and the episode before that. Shout out to CJ for coming on the pod with me. Um, I appreciate all the support and I appreciate y'all for listening to this episode so until the next time this was episode 76 of the 28 minutes or less podcast and your boy is out